Hebrews chapter number 2 and verse number 1. Paul said, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. I'll take this verse this morning on and preach on the subject this morning on some sure signs of slipping. Some sure signs of slipping. So you can be seated. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for this wonderful day. All the great singing today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for blessing our church with great singers and musicians and everybody that can do their thing. Lord, we're so thankful for that. Lord, we just ask God that you'll just touch us now and help us to preach the Word of God. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Speak to our hearts. I pray you'll do a work in them this morning that only you can do. And we'll love you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 1 again. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Let's examine this verse for just a moment and get right into the message today. And of course, these things that we've heard, I want to say, number one, uh, hopefully they are the truth. Amen. If we hear the word of God, we've heard the truth. And so... To, this means to give a more a strict attention to. Uh, here we see the importance of taking heed uh, to what we've heard. This word uh, earnest means to be serious, to be solemn, to be grave, to be sober, uh, uh, a sober intense. And he says right here, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed. Uh, when we're heeding to something, that means that we are paying attention to it. That we're listening to it, that we're taking note of it, that we are observing this, that we are uh, with a notice of regard. And so the Bible says here that we're to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. And so we must focus in on what we hear, which if the preacher's preaching, he should be preaching the word of God. Amen. And so the truth should be precious to you and I. Uh, so precious that you and I would not be willing uh, to compromise to have our way or to get our way or get what we want. Uh, I don't ever want to be guilty of selling out the truth, but be faithful to the truth. And so what you're going to do with the truth that has been given, you, given to you is up to you. And so uh, we need to hang on what we've heard. Amen. We need to hang on to that. And so many people, uh, unfortunately, do not care about the truth. And they'll usually get somewhere, if they, don't, if they get to hear too much soon, they don't like it, they'll get somewhere where they don't hear it too much. Amen. Uh, so the truth may not always be easy to deal with, but the truth will help you and I uh, and be a blessing in our life if we will try our best to apply what we can uh, to our lives. And so we've got to uh, let God, be willing to let God have his way uh, with us. And so... The Bible says here uh, about the truth. Therefore, we ought to give them our earnesty to the things which we have heard, lest at any time. So this word time. So we see the truth and we see the time. Uh, there are sundry times, a man said, and seasons were in and several ways and means whereby men are in great danger of losing the word if they attend not diligently to its preservation. And he says, lest at any time. So some people will lose the word in time of prosperity. Uh, sometimes people will lose the word in time of persecution or time of decision making or time of temptation. Uh, I would say that if you have to push the word of God aside to get what you want, 
that should be a red flag waving up and saying you probably don't need to go that route, amen. And so if you have to push the truth out of your mind to make something work, uh, that's probably going to be a dangerous move. Uh, the devil knows how to work time at the right time and he can even come by and make you forget and even steal the word out of your mind in hopes of you making wrong judgments in life that will affect you the rest of your life. Uh, we remember that parable where the Bible talks about how that uh, the Lord Jesus gave a parable about the sower and all that and how that, uh, that the enemy was Satan. He needed to come by and he would steal the seed out of their people's minds or out of their heart. And uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I, I can't even preach on Sunday and by Monday, uh, well, I hate to admit it, but I, sometimes I don't even want to preach. And that's, that's sad. I mean, I, it's to be still burning in my heart, amen. I shouldn't fuss too much at people if they forget what I preach about Wednesday, amen, but it happens. But I think sometimes the devil will take that seed out of our mind because he don't want us to grow and get a hold of the things of God. And so we must be careful with these things. And so he says that at any time. Uh, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Uh, that has the idea of forgetting them, uh, becoming indifferent to them, uh, let, letting them flow out of our minds. Uh, and even sometimes we could slight them. Uh, I've seen people, um, if I could use this word, snub up at the Word of God. Amen. Hmm, I ain't doing that. What you've just done is you've snubbed the word of God, amen. Right. And so let's don't do that. Uh, let them slip. It means to ignore. It means to give a cold shoulder to. Uh, it means that you can look right through it or rebuff it uh, or fail even to acknowledge it. Uh, to escape from the mind. To run out of, uh, to run out of leaky vessels. And you've got to be careful how you listen to the word of God unless the enemy... Uh, just, I mean, some people are so set in their mind about things in their life that if there's any kind of challenge to that, they automatically just shut it off. They're not going to listen to it. And therefore, they cut themselves short of what God can do for them and help them to get closer to Him. And so this is uh, the tendencies we have. We have the truth. We have the time. This is the tendencies. We should let them slip. God help us. This is what happens if you do not keep God's word in front of you and heed to it. Uh, This is what happens when we forget what we hear and know. And so you can hear the preaching of the word of God all your life, but what good has it done if it comes time to put it into practice and you've let it slip? Uh, It becomes a whole different ball game when you are put into the position to put into practice what you've been taught all your life. You can get yourself in some positions that will be very difficult. And most people won't even do it, but they'll, they'll, they'll go around the Word of God to get what they want. But they know the truth, but they're going to have to compromise with it in order for things to work. I don't ever want to get myself in that kind of position where I have to compromise with the Bible to make something work in my life. Amen. And so they uh, do everything they can to continue the route they have chosen and to keep a clear conscience. So this can be a difficult task, especially if you know the truth. So obviously when we're thinking, I got to thinking about this and I added this here. Obviously when we think about slipping, we associate that with our feet, do we not? 
Let me read you these verses here. Psalms 94, verse 18. When I said my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Uh, Psalm 73, 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. 2 Samuel 22, 37 and Psalms 18, 36 says almost the exact same thing with the exception of one word. Thus enlarge my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. Psalm 17, 5, hold up my, uh, hold up my goings in thy paths that my footsteps slip not. Job 12, 5, he that is ready to slip with his feet is as a lamb, a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. Ephesians 6, 13, we, we know this, wherefore taking you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand uh, that you may be able to withstand and the evil dead having done all to stand, stand therefore. So we can ask the question this morning, are you standing or are you slipping? When we consider this verse in its context, the focus seems to be more on the ear and what we've heard and not our feet. So we're, we're going to, not, if we're not careful, we're going to let slip not our, our feet's not slipping, but what we've heard is going to slip. And that will in turn probably cause your feet to slip as well. And so I'm afraid that we do not hear very well. And I'm not talking about physically. Uh, it's not going to be long. I'm probably going to have to some, find some kind of hearing aid because I can't hear nothing anymore. My wife lets me know that every day. Amen. I just don't, I despise the thought of having to put something in my ear like that. So anyhow. I'm not talking about our physical ear, of course. I'm talking about our spiritual ear. Jesus said this to every church in the book of Revelation. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He's not talking about your physical ear. He's talking about your spiritual ear, your spiritual man. If you can hear what I'm telling you, you need to listen, amen. And so what we hear, what we've heard, we're challenged to give them more. Uh, earnest heed, that serious, uh, that serious observance, that sober intense regard we are to hear. Uh, when you come to the house of God, uh, there's so many distractions, there's so much that hinders us from really hearing and focusing in on what's being said, amen. It's a struggle, it's a battle uh, for you to be able to sit there for just a short amount of time and for any, anybody to keep your attention. Uh, they say that. I, I, I've looked that up and I've done forgot it now. I've done, I've done forgot it, but anyhow. I'm pretty sure I'll not forget, but uh, about your attention span. And how, how the attention span works. And, and kids have very small attention spans. And I, I've learned that adults have very small attention spans. And they say about 30 minutes is all that anybody can give you. Amen. So I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to carve a little off my messages every now and then and get her down there and cut off a lot of that fat probably don't need in my messages. Amen. So I can give you something that you can actually get a hold of and go home with. Amen. amen. Uh, you don't have to preach an iron hype to get your point across. Although sometimes it takes me that long. Amen. So we have been shaping it up a little bit on Sunday morning anyhow for you. And everybody said amen to the preacher. Amen. If you don't say amen, we're going to stay at 1 o'clock. No, uh, why, why do we do this? Why? Uh, to the thing, let's say at any time we should let them slip. We forget them. Yeah. 
We become indifferent to them. We let them flow right out of our minds. We maybe slide them or even not even listen. Uh, try not to forget that you do have this morning the flesh and the world and the devil pulling against your spiritual ears. Amen. Oh, my friend, may God help us. So we're, we're not slipping in the area of our feet necessarily, but in the area of listening. Am I how careless we can come to church and not even really hear what God is trying to tell us? So you gotta, I, I, I know when I'm in a service, I gotta, I, I gotta focus. I have to focus to stay, I have to focus to try to stay focused. Because my mind wanders bad. I mean, even when, even when the choirs are singing, the special singing, my, I mean, if, if people only knew the half of what's going through a preacher's mind before he gives up to preach, it would, it, it would blow your mind to even think about that. Right. I'm being serious. Right. It's hard to stay focused. I mean, the flesh, the devil, I mean, he just, just battles you. Right. I mean, the fiery darts are just flying at you. Yeah, right. And uh, it's hard. So slipping spiritually affects your whole life and being. Sure. Now let me give you this and we'll go to the house in a minute. <laughs> Some sure signs of slipping. Now this is simple. This ain't nothing deep. It ain't nothing new. You already know it, but I want to remind us of it. Some sure signs of slipping. And I want to preach to your heart this morning. And not just the intellect. I'd rather, I'd rather for God to touch your heart than tickle your intellect. I'm not much one of those preachers that ooh and ah and wow everybody, okay? And you already know that. I don't have to tell you that. Amen. But I do want you to love Jesus from your heart. Amen. Serve God in your heart. Yes. What's a sure sign of you slipping? A sure sign that you're slipping, number one, is when the old, old story doesn't move us. Right. I talk about the old, old story that doesn't move us. Right. I, I preached on Friday night up there at the church uh, last Friday. I preached on, uh, well, just a couple days ago, actually. Amen. Uh, I, I preached on the greatest story ever told. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so... Uh, when we get to the place in our walk with God uh, and we hear preaching about the old, old story and it doesn't move us, right. it doesn't affect us, it, it don't even phase us, uh, that's a real sure sign uh, that you're slipping. Uh, you say, why? Because anytime anybody would even, should even just say the name Jesus, yeah. praise God, we ought to shout the roof off. Amen. I mean, anytime, anytime the preacher would take you to the, take you to Calvary or take you to Golgotha or talk about the cross or talk about Jesus shedding his blood, oh, my friend, it ought to stir something on the inside of us and move us. Uh, my friend, in the place of worship and tears, uh, it ought to stir us and move us. And, and uh, I remember there was a time, and I don't know if we're still in that time or not, I don't think we are. But I can remember, maybe some of you can remember this, and I'm not, I'm not downing us independents, okay? I'm an independent Baptist. I make no bones about that. But there was a time back in the 80s and 90s, Brother Dustin, that the, the preachers, and I'm not against it, and we preach against, the, we preach the whole council. But I noticed something there for several years that a preacher could get up, and I mean lamb by sin. I mean, preach on everything that you can imagine and some you couldn't imagine. I mean, brother, they had hit, they had hit women in britches like I mean nothing. Right. 
They'd hit long hair and they'd hit rock music, country music, everything that you can, all that stuff. And man, the crowd would go wild. Preach, 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 preach. Yeah, I'm spitting on you. But I noticed something, Brother Daniel. When a man of God get up there and preach about Jesus shedding his blood, crickets. Do you remember them days? I remember some of that. I'm going to tell you, that's a bunch of junk as far as I'm concerned. I tell you, if we can get excited about somebody preaching on sin because you might not be doing it and you've got in your heart, well, go get them and all that junk, that's a bunch of garbage, amen. I tell you, if you can't get excited about Jesus, amen, you sure don't need to get excited about none of that mess. Jesus died for me, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, it ought to melt our hearts. It ought, to, it ought to break us. It ought to stir us. Hey, listen, friend, when the preachers are preaching on that, and there's something on the inside, don't get to moving and stirring. Hey, brother, it's a sure sign that we're slipping away from Him. Oh, it ought to thrill our souls. And I highly encourage you to get in the Bible and take your trip to Calvary once or twice every week and read where Jesus bled and died for you and what it'll do if you crawl up there under bloody Calvary by faith. It'll melt your heart. It'll warm your heart. It'll stir your heart to think, my, 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 he loved me that much that he would die for me. He loved me that much that he would shed his blood for me. Oh, he loved me that much. And even he did all that, it would have been no good if he hadn't come got me. Had to come down with me. Had to draw me. Oh, thank God. While he was on the cross, we was on his mind. Amen. Oh, I don't want to get, I don't want to be cold and indifferent when the preachers are preaching on Calvary or the old, old story. Praise God. It ought to stir us. Amen. Oh, sure sign of slippings when you, you don't get stirred up about the old, old story. I'll say number two that, uh, a sure sign of slipping is when our worship begins to wane. Well, that word wane just simply means becomes weaker or less vigorous or less extensive. We've heard it. We've heard all this. He, he seeketh such to worship him. He wants somebody to praise him. He wants somebody to worship him from their heart, from their soul. Listen, you may not never shout or say hallelujah, but brother, I praise God, if you can't do that, every now and then, there will be a little tear from the inside of your heart, running down your cheek in gratitude and praise to God. Oh yes, in order to come from our hearts anyhow, when we are worshiping, when we are shouting, it ought not be something on top of our head, it ought to spring out from down here and come out, amen. Oh yes. Oh, and our worship begins to wane. Oh, can I tell you something, church? I, I tell you this, we got a good spirit here today. I tell you, it ain't as strong as it should be. That spirit of worship's a, a little waning a little bit here at Temple, amen. Oh, yes. But you know what? It don't have to. Praise God, we can just get in order today. If you need to come, feel the need to come and say, Lord, uh, my worship, uh, I feel like I'm slipping a little bit. Uh, I'm not quite as excited about worship. Uh, oh, we need to worship. Uh, we need to worship when we come to the house of God and call it the worship hour. Is that right? Yeah. And so you can be sure a sure sign of slipping is when your worship begins to wane. It's not quite as vigorous and extensive and strong and loud from your heart and soul. Sure sign of slipping number three is when we allow carnality 
to eat away our spirituality. It's not difficult for you and I, I'm talking about all of us now, to be more excited about worldly things than we are spiritual things. Because we're in this flesh. And I'm learning, if you don't really, really stay close to Jesus, it's going to be really, really easy for you to be more excited about the carnal than it is the spiritual. I'm not against all the carnal things. We just, it's just it's going to be a part of our lives. And you and I here in 2024, really, 50 years ago, I don't think they had this deal as strong as it is now. But it's like you and I, we, we sort of got this balancing act we're trying to do. I don't believe Gerald Smith or Percy Ray or any of them guys like that ever had a, any kind of a balancing act. They could have cared less about anything that had to do with the world except for souls. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, they weren't tangled up yes, with the TV, right. with all the things that you and I are involved in today. Yes, I've heard J.L. Smith preach against golfing. Well, every now and then I'll go golfing. I ain't been going as much as I, I do, but every now and then he preached against golfing. We're balancing this. We're trying to, now we're in the balancing act. And I don't know how much of that really ought to be going on, but it's going on. And it probably will until Jesus comes. Because I'm learning. They just some, they just some lines people ain't going to cross. They just some things people, they ain't going to stop. We're not quitting that preacher. I don't care if you preach till you're blue in the face and throw your guts about on the floor. I'm not stopping. And ain't that a sad attitude for anybody to have though? It's really a sad attitude. Yes, sir. We might not admit it, but that's the attitude we got. Right, so we got this balancing act. I, I tell you, we, a sure sign of slipping is when carnality is eating away at our spirituality. And that has so many ways of doing that. Think about all the things that we have. All of our devices and gadgets and things that we have been, I guess, blessed with. And now these carnal things just eat away at our spirituality. That's right. And we're, uh, you know, stay with me now. John John the Beloved said, I didn't say it, church. John the Beloved said it. Oh, was it John Beloved? It might have been Paul. But it was Paul. Yeah, Paul said this. But it's Paul. Well, I stand to be correct. I believe pretty sure it's Paul. Paul said, to be careful uh, in the last days. Yeah, he's talking to Timothy. He said, uh, men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now, that's what God's Word said. That we would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Sure sign I'm a, sure sign I'm a slipping is when I get more excited about the carnal than I do the spiritual. And brother, the average Baptist church across America today, that's exactly where they're at. Now, if the Lord willing, if the Lord's willing, and I really, I, I, I don't have to do it, I, I, I really don't care nothing about it, but if the Lord's willing tonight after service, we, we might go catch the end of that Super Bowl, not that I can really care anything about it. It's just something we get caught up in doing. Okay? But I'd be doggone if I'm going to be more excited about that right. than I am Jesus, amen. Right. That's right. 
But you know what's amazing to me? How our flesh. Not just about that, but carnal things in general. I'm going on vacation. You're more excited about going on vacation than you are Jesus? Well, sometimes I have been. (laughs) I I must admit, I'm ashamed of it. My flesh. I'm talking about my flesh. The carnal. Carnality. Uh, you know that you're slipping when, when that uh, takes precedence uh, over the Lord Jesus and the spirituality and things of God. I tell you, brother, we can get this thing all messed up and turned around. Praise God. Read your Bible, pray and sing in the face of God, going to church here, preaching, getting in revival meetings. Uh, ought to be far way more exciting to you and I than doing the things of the world. God help us. Number four, a sure sign of slipping is when our sin doesn't bother us. You say, preacher, I ain't sinned in 20 years. Well, here's an altar for liars. <laughs> How much sin have you done this week? I don't, I don't ride in your back pocket everywhere you go, sir or ma'am. You don't ride in mine. What you been into this week? What sin did you let have its way in your life? What you got yourself involved in? Sin. It's amazing how Baptists have almost perfected, Mr. Pete, they've almost perfected the ability to keep it a secret and hide it. Lie. Lie, lie, lie. Cover it up. I'm going to tell you right now, friend, when you sin and it doesn't do something on the inside of you and make you think twice, you are far peace from God. That's right. That's right. Remember I was talking about all them thoughts coming to your mind before I get up to preach? I'm just not talking nice stuff. And I hate to admit it, but I, I that's for it to come. The devil shoots that stuff in your mind somehow. I don't hate does it. Sometimes it's absolutely filthy and vulgar. Huh? I'm, I'm not the only one who has that problem here. So you might as well go ahead and say amen. I'm not asking for it. My mind ain't going to dwell on it. It just shoots in there. I say, oh, God, help me. Cleanse me. Forgive me right now. Move it out. Sin ought to bother us. And I tell you, most Baptists ain't doing nothing but hugging up to it, loving on it. Right. Instead of treating it like a rattlesnake, cutting its head off. Right. Sin don't bother you, friend. That's a sure sign. Right. You slipping away. You know what our problem is? We, we take it too lightly. You're right. We don't fear it. You're right. And what it's able to do to us. Right. And what it can do to us. Yes, I don't have to go far down memory lane. I don't have to go far down memory lane. 
where I've sat under preachers and pastors that's not even in the ministry this morning because of sin. Sin will destroy us. It will steal your testimony. It will, uh, it will kill your joy and your peace and your victory. That's right. And we, we just wallow around in it and play with it all the time like it ain't nothing. It's a big deal to God. It might not be a big thing to you. It's a big deal to God. Sins, it's a big deal to God. Matter of fact, I've said this a hundred times in the several years. I'm going to tell you, if you really want to get a good picture of what God thinks about sin, you look at bloody Calvary and he had his son crucified for our sin. He bled and died and shed his blood for my sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I tell you this morning, friend, when, we not, uh, when sin don't bother me, it's a sure sign I'm a getting cold and I'm a getting indifferent and I'm a slipping away from God. Sin ought to bother us. The least little thing ought to tear you apart. And we make fun of it. We joke about it. And, 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 and we, we just treat it like it ain't nothing. I tell you, it's, it's serious with God. Sin don't bother us. Oh, my friend. Sin is a horrible thing. It's a terrible thing. Oh, it's a powerful thing. Oh, my friend. Sin is horrible. It ought to bother us. That's right. So gadget, these old devices we got, all it takes is one push of a button, buddy, and you can be in a world that you had no business being in. That's all it takes. It's one push of a button, and there you are. Three or four in the morning, hubby's in the bed, but you're on the computer. Wifey's in the bed, but you're on the computer. Nobody's watching. Nobody's nobody's got to check on you. Yeah. That's the reason we have hundreds and hundreds of Baptist folk who've been married for 20, 25 years getting divorces today. Because they played around with sin and they wouldn't bring it into check and they wouldn't get it out of their lives before it got a grip on them. Right. Right. They, you, they tell me you wouldn't, uh, we can't even conceive how many Baptist preachers are hooked on pornography. Right. And they look at it on a daily basis. Right. Right. And they're covering it up and they come to the house of God and everything's okay. They, they, their conscience or something's seared or something's gone wrong to be able to do that. How can a man do that and get behind a pulpit and carry on like they ain't that went on? I don't never want to get that far away from God. Now, brother, you better believe me. They do it all the time. And I'm not trying to be hardened down on them, but it's just the truth. We're, we're sure sign you're slipping when you're allowing and you're playing and flirting around with unforbidden things. And don't tell me the temptation ain't there. Because it is. It is right here, there, anywhere you've got access. The temptation will present itself. Innocent as innocent can be. And there she goes. What are we going to do? Preacher said this. I wish I could practice it more than I do. 
Temptation, hesitation, participation. If we hesitate just for a moment with a temptation, Brother Steve, it won't be long till we'll be participating in that very thing that's going to come into our lives and still everything that we love and hold dear to our hearts. If we don't hate sin, if we don't keep it out of our lives, we don't keep it confessed, we don't live clean and live right, live holy. I'm telling you, sin will get in and mess us up. And brother, when we have lost the fear of what it's capable of doing, that's a sure sign that we're slipping away from God. It ought to bother us, amen. It ought to bother you enough to not do it. Number five, a sure sign of slipping is when we begin to make excuses for our worldliness on account of others. Everybody's doing it, preacher. That don't make it right. I don't really have personally, I don't have access to Facebook. Okay. But why why do people allow the brethren? Why do we look at the brethren on Facebook? I'm talking about church folk now that post this junk. That say they're saved and love God. And they post some very unquestionable things. I I I don't I ain't really seen a whole lot but what's been shown me. I couldn't imagine. Why do, we, why do we look at the brethren and allow what they're doing or not doing dictate to us how we're going to live? Right. Amen. Amen. Not right, Dustin? Right. Well, you can go on Facebook and see preach, a preacher in shorts. Right. Well, just because he's doing it don't mean I'm going to. Right. I'm not going to do that. Right. God convicted me about that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not... I'm, I'm I'm not going to a country country concert and posting me out there jiggling, jumping around with the rest of them. Christian people are posting this stuff. Are you hearing me? People that say they're saved are posting this stuff. You better get your eyes off that crowd. There's something wrong with that crowd. I don't care what their doggone name is. You say, well, you really expect me to do this and that? Listen, it goes beyond what I expect out of you. You better quit worrying about the preacher. You better quit worrying about the pastor. What I want you to do or not do. You're missing the whole thing. It's not about me and little stuff that I preach and things and that. What did he say about it? What did God say about it? Well, I ain't going to do that. Well, what did God say to do? You've got to get beyond your preacher. Say, Lord, that's what you said. It's just not one of the preacher's pet peeves. It's the word of God. It's what God said. And I can't let 
I, I, I cannot afford to, to, to make excuses for worldliness on account of others. And I, I'm afraid that I've already got myself into that line and I do it way too much than I need to be. I shouldn't be doing it at all. Sometimes I'm finding myself in order to get along with people sometimes, even in my own family, I'm a stepping back and making excuses when I know what I believe about everything. It's hard. It's difficult, amen. I want to be right. I want to do right. And I, brother, it's a sure sign that we're slipping when we make excuses for our worldliness on account of what everybody else is doing. Stepping back. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. How much preaching do you think you've heard in your lifetime? Or how many messages we've heard in our lifetimes? Thousands? Tens of thousands, possibly? Oh, my. That's a lot of, a lot of stuff to give an account for. Think of all you heard. Think, think of all the truth that's been given to us. And what, what have we done with it? What are you going to do with truth? Most of the time, the average Baptist is going to shuck us, shuck us, set aside truth because it just don't fit their life. There's a little phrase in Luke 12, 48. Jesus said, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much of him shall be much required. I'm just saying there's just some things we can't afford to let slip. Many Baptists are slipping and sliding in all the wrong directions. And I'll give you this. It's not easy staying on top of things spiritually. That's the reason most church folk live such a carnal life because they won't stay on top of their spiritual life. It's very easy to grow cold on God. It's very easy to get cold, to live a carnal life. It's very easy to be worldly. It's very easy. We're a part of the world. Our flesh yearns for it, lusts after it. If we're slipping away from truth, in reality, we're slipping away from God. May God help us not to lose what he has given us and done for us. I'm not interested in losing what the Lord's done for me. Amen. What it's done for this church. Yes. It's going to take all of us.
very close to him, not allowing ourselves to just slip away a little at a time. It takes work if you're going to be a spiritual man, woman. It takes, it takes time. It takes effort to maintain a walk with God. These babies, they need to pirate God on the church and they don't even know it. The babies, they need to come to church. Even at that age, they can sense something going on. Feel the very presence of God. But if I'm over here slipping around, slipping and sliding, not keeping my heart warm and hot for God. We're going to miss it. I'm sure our signs are slipping. What the wonderful, amazing thing to me is, Caleb, is that I serve a God this morning standing with open arms. Said, I love you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Won't you come to me? Amen. And I'll wash all that away. Amen. I'll clean you up. I'll pick you back up. I'll set you on fire Amen. if you'll let me. Amen. What a loving Heavenly Father. Patient, long suffering, gentleness. Oh, He's so gentle. He's so loving, so patient. He's so forgiving. Well, I don't know if you feel like you're slipping or not. The Holy Ghost has checked me on a few things. And by the grace of God, we're going to fix it.